It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted you were with us after a pair of Monday night masterpieces. I'd call it Monday mayhem with crazy upsets. So much to do, so little time. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Snap is good. Kick on its way. End over end, and it is good. And the Giants have beaten the Packers 24-22. It's been a lot of fun getting wins, I'll tell you that. Um, I'm trying to take even keel throughout the whole thing and just enjoy with my teammates. Greeny with you and my buddies Dan Graziano and Dominique Foxworth good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up and Danny I'd like you to open this show the same way you opened our television show. How would you describe this morning? It's a beautiful day to be an Italian kid from Jersey, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Look at that that interview. Uh, he's like there, like I mean, like, you know, uh, aren't you? Are you amazed by what's going on? He's like, no, nah, I've been playing football since I was five years old. This is just what I do. I mean, this story is, has become so remarkable. And for people around the country, I don't know to what degree it has caught on everywhere the way it has certainly caught on here in this city. But there could be no more perfect hero for New York yeah. than Tommy DeVito. My, my guess is most people around the country, especially in the middle of the country, are not confused by this story or intrigued by the story. Because my guess is they look up and see his agent and see his dad and see his family and yeah. they're like yeah that's what i thought that italians <laughs> yeah. from new york and new jersey look like and that's they're right. like why is new york making such a big deal about it yeah. because it looks like a movie character it's <laughs> unbelievable it, kid it from, is great kid from don bosco high mm. name, Ramsey, that also sounds like if you're not from this area I'm that sounds like you. a made-up name yeah, of but a if high you're from school. jersey you know it <laughs> i do know i'm not from jersey but i know about don bosco what exit that, that, that's what that's the only thing you have to, <laughs> if you're from new jersey yeah. that's the question that you ask look here's the thing this isn't cute anymore. Like yeah, all won three games in a row. This was cute when he first came in there, and we made our Danny DeVito jokes. And look, I'll admit it. I didn't know that this guy could play at all. I had never seen him. I had never heard of him. And he's Tommy DeVito from New Jersey, living yeah. and eating cutlets in his mother's house. He lives and with his mom. That, that's my point. Um, <laughs> and now all of a sudden, he's led this team to three consecutive wins. They're no, the, the ramifications of this are overwhelming. A, they're one game out of the playoffs. B, they're falling like crazy in the draft order. I have a mock draft that I'm going to get to a little bit later today from my friend Matt Miller that has the Giants picking fourth and taking Jaden Daniels, quarterback LSU. That's because this was done before last night's games. Yeah. Right now, they would no longer pick fourth. Yeah. I, I, you know, RG3 made the point, Daniel Jones may wind up being the great beneficiary of the Tommy DeVito story because the Giants may play their way right out of drafting a quarterback. Matt Miller underestimated DeVito. He didn't know he was going to win last night That's and move right. him down the draft order. Yeah, look, I mean, 
the the best thing that happened to Daniel Jones is the thirty six million dollars in guaranteed money he's got coming next year. <laughs> that keeps bad. him on the team <laughs> yeah. most likely. But yeah, I mean, three weeks ago we were talking about could the Giants end up with the one pick, right? Like you figure the Bryce Young Panthers are a better bet to turn things around in the final couple months than the Tommy DeVito Giants. But we were wrong, and uh, now you have a situation where yes, there look and 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 remember Tyrod Taylor came back off the buy healthy. And there was a chance he would get the job back. But as we know from Tyrod Taylor's entire career history, that's not how it works, unfortunately, for him. Uh, And Dayball stuck with DeVito and last night validated that. I mean, he it wasn't just I mean, I mean, game manager and Saquon Barkley's obviously their big weapon. But like he was making big time key throws in important moments of that game runs. He runs like crazy. Yeah, that's how you want to play a game when you have a quarterback that you don't necessarily trust that much is you want to take the pressure off him. But in order to win in football, you're going to have to make some plays at quarterback. And he did that. So I don't mean to downplay his impact on the game. His impact was huge. But let's be clear about it's not like he's out here throwing for 350 and they have the answer for quarterback of the future. They have a good story right now, and it's fun. They could build on it. So he may grow into something. Absolutely. But uh, right now, I think last night was a team win. That Tommy DeVito's getting a lot of credit for because it's fun. And they, it, there's other benefit. I mean, these young yeah. receivers that they're going to have to count on are, yeah, are, getting, are producing and, and making big catches, and maybe that helps them down the road too. In these parts, uh, Danny, I think it was you who said it this morning, but now I can't remember. This is sort of uh, reminiscent of the phenomenon known as Lynn's yes, sanity. Jeremy Lynn came along for the Knicks at a time when no one had ever heard his name. Um, and for a variety of different reasons, seemed so, a somewhat improbable person to take the NBA by storm, <laughs> and he did it for like 20 games, whatever it was, and, and it was known as Lynn Sander. And he yeah. went on to have a, a nice NBA career, but the point of the matter is he came along out of nowhere, no one expected anything, and he took the entire, certainly this city, took it completely over, and that is what Tommy DeVito has done. Yeah, and, and, and add in the fact that, I mean, he's from New Jersey, right? He's got the, I mean, like, it's just, it's too perfect. It's too much, it's too much fun. Like, sports is supposed to be fun. This is a fun story. Like, we don't have to project Tommy DeVito as the Giants quarterback That's of the fair. future to enjoy what's going on right now, and, and it's impressive that they've managed to pull it together in a, in a lost, what seemed like a lost season uh, around a guy that was, uh, was an afterthought when it started. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motors cycle rv and boat insurance visit progressive.com it does bring up this question nika i'll ask it to you because you just did the foxy five on tv your top five teams in the nfl the bottom of the nfc playoff picture is going to be interesting it's as muddled as can possibly be a nice word as i just said the giants <laughs> and the bears at five and eight are both in it yeah I, I never would have thought I'd hear myself say these words, but if the Giants hadn't blown that, excuse me, if the Bears hadn't blown that ridiculous game against Detroit a month ago, yeah. they would right now be in the playoff position. So my point is, is anyone down there any good? Like, we, we've got Dallas, we've got Philly, we've got San Francisco. I'm not even sure what I think of Detroit nope. anymore. Is anyone else in the NFC any good? Uh, they're a bunch of unserious teams, I believe. Um, they're fun. I think the one team is the team that lost last night to Tommy DeVito. I think the Packers are the team of that group that I could see possibly knocking off a higher seed because they have talent on defense that if it plays, if they play to their ability level, they can give people trouble. And they have an offense and a quarterback and young receivers that have the potential to have big games. I don't know that I can say that about every other team in that, in that group. Uh, so I would say of the group, the Packers are the one team that I could see pulling an upset, but I think by and large, none of them are. Could I throw a different defenders. one at you? The Rams. 
The Rams. Yeah, yeah. Because the they, I mean, they just went toe-to-toe with Baltimore, who's yeah. as good as anybody, right? And, and, they, and they have a quarterback that yeah. we know knows what Ooh, he's doing, and, and they've got the star on the defense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, They're getting better on defense. They're young on defense. They're playing better. And that quarterback throws two or three passes every week that's like – Nobody else can do. You that. got three or four key guys on that team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. Like yeah. like that. that they get point. in the playoffs. It's not going to be a ton of fun. And you know, the other thing, the team that confused me the most. I thought Seattle would be a good team going into the season, and for much of the season they were. Uh, but they have fallen apart. I wonder if they have the ability to get it together and be a problem for for somebody. But that those were the those are the other two I was thinking of besides Green Bay. Generally speaking, no one likes almost any of those teams in the NFC. The AFC, I think, is somewhat equally confusing now with Miami's yeah. loss last night. As you pointed out earlier, Graz, they can win out and still be the one seed because they will play Baltimore the rest of the way. But I would say, look at their remaining schedule. They get the Jets this week. Let, let's say that's a game they should win. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, nothing is they guaranteed, but that's a game they should win. But they have, they have Dallas. Yeah. They have Buffalo, and they have Baltimore yeah. still to come. They could easily lose all three of those games. So the top of the AFC is as wide open as it could be. Because if you, if you play in the AFC and you still have the quarterback you started in week one, you're ahead of the game. Right. right, I mean, like even even this past week, we saw Justin Herbert and C.J. Stroud go down. Like we don't know if those guys. Well, we know Herbert's not, but maybe Stroud has to miss a game. Very few teams in the AFC still are using the starting quarterback they used at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, Mahomes and the Chiefs, obviously Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and, and Tua in Miami. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Miami's going to regret losing that game because. It's a team that didn't win in December last year, and they hit December this year talking about that. Like, let's not, not let that happen again. And then they start it with a win, and then they give away one last night. Up 14 with three minutes to go. You just can't lose that game. So, yeah, I think they end up – because I don't think 4-0 and is realistic for them from this point out, and that could cost them the idea of being the number one seed in the conference, which I think would have been very valuable to them. There were a couple of other things that came out of that game that were interesting. You made the point this morning – For those of you who didn't watch the game last night, Tyreek Hill got hurt early. He did come back late, but he was not the factor in the game he normally would be. You made an interesting point about his MVP candidacy. Right, like if you're wondering about his value, right, most valuable player, right, if you're wondering about Tyreek Hill's value to the team, you saw it starkly last night, like when the offense was completely different. And, and to some extent, somewhat clueless when he was not on the field, even once he came back in, hurt that you could see them operating differently. So yep. for, for a wide receiver to win MVP has never happened. I think for that to happen, you have to have a year where no quarterback has really separated himself or done something historic. And I think this year we do have that. There are good quarterback candidates, but there's not like a clear runaway winner. Uh, and I think the, the receiver would have to accomplish something historic, which Tyreek Hill can do. Mm-hmm. Last night a setback, but he still can break the single-season record uh, for receiving yards. And if he does that, I think, I think he has a, a decent shot. I do like the MVP award as a way to commemorate what happened in a season. And I do think that Tyreek Hill's impact, if he breaks 2,000 yards, it's hard to me. It's hard to argue that anyone else deserves it more than him. Because 15 years from now, I think we will want to remember this season for the first time anyone has ever gotten 2,000 yards as a receiver, which is something that, I mean, probably will happen again at some point in the future as we move more and more to pass heavy, you add an extra game. It's something that may happen again, but the first time it happens, I think Tyreek Hill deserves to be, uh, deserves for us to commemorate that occasion with the You mentioned that no wide receiver has ever won MVP. One of them definitively should have. I have always maintained that the year, the 2007 season when the Patriots went 16-0 oh, yeah. and, and they gave the award to Brady, 
Randy Moss absolutely should have been the MVP. He caught 22 touchdowns right. that year. He changed their offense completely. Right. They went from being good to being the greatest offense of all time. They rewrote the record books. Uh, Peyton's team in Denver wound up breaking some right. of those records subsequently. But that year, they set every offensive record there was, and I thought Moss was the reason why. Yeah, but that, that just goes to show, they right? Give it like, to the like quarterback. The quarterback broke records that year. If the quarterback's breaking records, he's going to win it. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, the, 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 the 2016, when Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott were both rookies, Ezekiel Elliott should have been the offensive rookie of the year. Right. He was not. They gave it to the quarterback. So um, it, it leans that way. Uh, and for good reason. Like, you, you can make the case convincingly that the quarterback is by definition the most yeah. valuable player on every single team, period. He's responsible for far more things than anyone else is. I, I just think there are occasional years, and if Tyree killed can come back healthy and break that record, I think this has a chance to be the kind of year where that there is an exception. Yeah, it's always easier to argue for the quarterback being most valuable because I think, to your point, the metrics line up that the quarterback's going to impact more plays. But I do think that there's something to be said, and maybe it's we, we want to imagine a different wo- award other than the MVP, something like more akin to the Heisman, where it's not a specific terminology, but that still ends up going to quarterbacks. But something about like being the most outstanding player because I do think it, it matters. It's unfair. Fairness is not the word, but I think it's probably not good to turn it into who's the best quarterback this year every right. year. When I used to be an MVP voter when I covered baseball, yeah. um, we used to have that, like, that issue. Like, why did they have to name it this? Right? <laughs> like, why couldn't yeah. it have been most outstanding player? would have been so much easier yeah. to figure out because that word valuable injects something into it other than just who played the best. And I think that's another reason why you know, we're talking about Tyreek Hill. And last night, again... You talk about value. That guy matters to his team on a level that very few, if anyone else in the league does. I completely agree. And then one other thing coming out of that game last night, and one of my favorite things about Dominique Foxworth is that while you are a former player, you are one who has embraced analytics as opposed to scoffing at them, which so many former players do. The Titans win that game last night because Mike Vrabel goes for two, down 14, which is something that people summarily laugh like they look at it and they think that doesn't seem to make sense you're down 14 points you score a touchdown why would you go for the two the numbers tell you to go for the two and that's why they won the game last yeah, night. i mean you go for two there if you miss it you go for two again the next time and then you get the tie that you're looking for um the percentage chance of getting it and if you go for two on multiple occasions is likely to that you'll get one of those so if you go for two and hit it the first time then you are in position to win the game you're giving yourself a chance to win the game whereas the other strategy does not give you a chance to win the game it gives you a chance to go into overtime which I think we all understand uh intuitively when it's explained to you would you like to preserve the opportunity to win the game yes would you like to go for two right now that's when people get a little nervous because it feels risky and as much as I want to celebrate Mike Vrabel for being the linebacker with a calculator I think he deserves it but it's a lot easier to do when you're a team who does not have expectations, and you're a team that's an underdog, and you're a, guy, you're a team on the road, it's a lot harder to pull the trigger when you are, uh, I guess you could argue that it's easier to do because your team is more talented, yeah. but if you're expected to win that game, and Mike uh, McDaniel is in that situation, I'm not sure that he would make you the same decision. You've got to do it. It's just the right thing it's to right do, thing especially to do. in this day and age where the extra point is no longer the total lock yeah. exactly that it right. was through the first, whatever it was, 100 years of the history of the league. Don't get stone softened oh, on no, the I'm 
not softening. I'm just softening. I just think it's a boring conversation if we all agree, which we all agree. So I'm Here saying I the argument on the other side. I build you up with all of this. Oh, he's so <laughs> smart. Gotta, uh, remember how many people are listening that don't agree. That's, <laughs> that's how fair. you got to That's how you got to They're wrong. It. All right. Uh, Danny, go celebrate uh, all of the – there's a great day for the – all the of Italians you in Jersey. Jersey feeling good today. Neek, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. We're just getting this party started and we'll continue in a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. All right, we are back and rolling along. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Our buddy Jay Will in studio with us. We'll hang out for a bit here, and the members of the hashtag crew have assembled around us as well. So busy we are in 30 seconds after a word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickranger.com or just stop on by. All right, the song is called Coming to America, and if, lest you don't know that it, or know why we're playing that, it is because in the Eddie Murphy classic Coming to America, hmm. he, Eddie, decades ago, foresaw what would happen last night. Sir! I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. 
That is literally, J. Will, wow. exactly what happened. Who would have thought that actually came to fruition? <laughs> and he kicked an oblong ball made of pigskin through a giant H as time expired last night, and the Giants beat the Green Bay Packers. Hembo, I think we had both games right last night, didn't we? We, we hit them both. We took the points in both of these games last night, and so we hit on both sides. Yes, I hit on my two-leg parlay, J. Will. If you'll, you know, something you need to know about me is when— Are you a gambler? I never knew this. I dabble. Uh, maybe a little bit more than dabble. But when, when the public's heavy on one side, mm-hmm. Rooney and I often go the other way. In yesterday's case, everyone was on the Packers. Everyone was on Miami. We took the other side. I won my two late parlay. Wow, so nobody took the 13 and the hook for the Dolphins last night. Huh? We didn't get I it. mean, a lot of people did, but A lot we of people not. did, yeah. Mm-hmm. We took it, and we, and we cashed in big. And after the Dolphins scored that touchdown to go up 14 points with five minutes left, you figure everything is going sideways. And again, we gave you the number this morning. It has been since 1976 that a team had a 14-point lead with three minutes left in regulation and lost that game in regulation. It's an incredible... Again, the two-point conversion, which did not exist in the NFL for the majority of that time, adds to it. It's almost impossible to lose that game in regulation without it. But one way or another, that's a, a devastating loss for Miami and a tough loss for a Green Bay team. Let me run through some football stuff with you, Jay, while okay. we have you here. There's a lot of stuff going on that I'm interested in your take on. The enormous officiating controversy that has emanated from what happened in Kansas City the other day. You saw it. Kadarius Tony lines up offsides. And the Chiefs, while I really appreciated Mahomes' um, apology, backtrack, what, what explanation, whatever you want to call it yesterday, you saw the Chiefs lose their mind over that. And it begat sort of a big conversation about whether we want a game to be officiated exactly the same in the final two minutes of regulation as it would be in the first two minutes of regulation. And I guess that's the conversation that really transcends all sports. What do you think? So at first, and I get on this when we talk about NBA games or college basketball games, right? If I am hand-checking somebody in the first five minutes of the game and I'm allowed to push you off your mark, if you allow me to do that, then you can't call that in the last three minutes of the ball game when we get into critical times of the game. Mm. Like, if you're making a consistent effort on the way you call the game, then be consistent with the way you call it. So I, I, I feel that as a commentator and as a player in the game. But at the same time, I, I'm not in the game of making excuses, Greeny. Like, line up on a line of scrimmage the right way. Right. Like, if, if you're, if you're going to get a couple of tidbits here and there about, hey, your helmet being on the line, whatever it might be, then line up the right way – it, it, it kind of frustrates me because Kadarius Tony, for as talented of a player he, as he is, and I've heard things about this here in New York, he doesn't think the game through and aspects of the game when it matters the most. So this is more of a theme for him than a bigger issue around do refs make the right calls continuously throughout the course of it. Well, game. you bring up two, I think, issues that are worth bringing up. Hembo, one of them is the idea of consistency. So our friend Dan Orlovsky texted me yesterday this video and it's long so we can't show it and we're a radio show here so we can't show it anyway but showed that Kadarius Tony had lined up offsides multiple times mm-hmm. earlier in the game and so to the point that Jay is making about consistency if you didn't call it those previous times why are you calling it in this situation was it more egregious was it more noticeable was it a different official who sees it this time but at the end of the day, if you didn't call it in the second quarter, how can you call it with a minute left? Consistency, Jay, is all you ask for in any sport. This is especially prevalent in my favorite sport, baseball, because not all umpires have the same strike zone. And so all of a sudden, if you're not getting a call in the ninth inning, as you were getting in the first inning, you can quibble. Except for the fact that 
he was offside. Like if the ball <laughs> clips the strike zone and he calls it a strike, then it doesn't really matter like what he did in the third inning. And there's also no responsibility of the officials in the rule book because we did check this for them to sort of for them to be obligated to to honor the receiver in that case and say we've done this before, so we're not going to call it, or to move him off the line of scrimmage because he notices. In the end of the day, like he's still a grown up, it's still your mm. job to, to pay attention right, to details. But Jay's and, point is that good officiating remains consistent through the game, whatever sure, the agreed. obligation. Agree, but also sure. as a player, if you have a high IQ, you recognize that this game is also about money, Grinny. So if you're an official and if you're not making calls at the most pivotal time of the game, when all the eyeballs are focused on the fourth quarter or all the eyeballs are focused on those critical plays, then and that's your job that's at jeopardy for you getting advanced to call playoff games or Super Bowl games. That's money in your pocket. So there's going to be a tendency for those refs to try to over, you know, to overcompensate for what they did the first three quarters in order to make those right calls hmm. in the game where it matters the most. Like you also as a player understand that. Okay, this is a high intense moment. I have to be sharper now in this moment than I was in the first, second, or third quarter. The other thing that I think was interesting about this, I tried to bring it up on TV today, and I felt like I got sort of summarily yelled at on this point. But there's something strange to me about Kadarius Tony, who to your point has had he's had a bad year. I mean, he's had a ton of drops. He had a bad drop in that game already. And at the end of the day, whatever we may say about the officiating, he clearly lines up offside. So he makes the mistake that costs his team the game. And his quarterback and his coach are screaming at the refs. They're screaming at the refs. Now, you were a leader. You were the point guard mm-hmm. and the star and the leader of that Duke team that won a championship. If you've got a guy on your team who makes a blatant mistake that winds up, and, and, and you're yelling at somebody else. I mean, you and Coach Kane now are yelling at the refs. Why would you call that on him, even though he actually obviously committed a foul? Like, I just don't get it. That part of it confuses me. I, I, I'm waving myself Go. because I'm starting to get really pissed off. Go. Tell me. It has nothing to do about the offsides call. For me, his body language before that lateral pass was thrown to him tells me exactly who Kadarius Tony is. Mm. Did you see that moment? Sure. Where literally it, it felt like it was a five-year-old kid that I'd say, no, you can't have that popsicle stick. I mean, he, he threw a, tens- a frenzy for no reason. Like, so it's your head is not even in the game to begin with because you're more frustrated that you didn't get the ball, which to me epitomizes a bigger issue with your personality trait and why it doesn't fit in. Now, I'm not saying it can't be course correct. But to me, that moment before the moment showed me so much more about who he yeah, is. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting they cut him because they need him. But, you know, coaches coach guys hard. And I, and I would imagine, you know, you don't want to throw him under the bus publicly. I'm fine with that. But the idea that behind the scenes, everyone is like, well, he knows he made a mistake. And, I mean, Bill Belichick isn't going to let Bill Belichick would scream at Tom Brady over doing stuff like that. I mean, you, to, to Jay's point, Hembo, on that play. Tony has stopped playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Kelsey has caught the ball. Three guys are tackling him. Kadarius Tony is just kind of standing there. And all of a sudden, Kelsey, in one of the great heads-up moments we've ever <laughs> seen, realizes he's wide open. And Kadarius Tony has a chance to be the hero of all heroes. Not just standing there, but acting like a petulant child. He was. Yeah. I mean, in some sense, it's like a perfect microcosm of the Chiefs' season. Like, they just decided to ignore this one position group. If, if Tony lines up... Six inches on sides, they win the game. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches a pass against the Eagles, they win that game. I mean, you can point to a handful of moments in this season to mistakes that the Chiefs wide receivers have made as the reason they lost literally three or four games. It goes to show you that, like, in the margins, these little things matter. And right now, the Chiefs and Andy Reid coach team, their attention to detail is about as, any, uh, as, is about as bad as any team in this And I agree. Well, like, to me, Greeny, these are mental errors. And you know what? You know how mental errors are corrected, Hembo? Mm. 
disciplines that you do every single day. I watch you, Greeny, before you do your show every single day. There are a series of habits that you have, even though they may be a little bit strange, <laughs> that you do before the show every single day that we know he's getting ready for the game, right? And so if, if there are ways that you line up, if there are ways that you shoot free throws, if there are ways you go about the disciplines of the game, those are habits. So what it tells me is that these players aren't practicing the right habits. That's a bigger issue for Andy Reid's team. Yeah, they don't practice in football as much as they used to. There's a million different things going on with them, but I, I understand the point that you're making. Greeny with you, we're live about the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. The hashtag crew is here and our buddy Jay Will in studio as well. You're a giant fan. Uh, what, what, what do you have hey, to say about hey. the Tommy DeVito? story i mean as a black italian from new jersey uh the way my friends have labeled me i feel like i was part of the rat pack growing up i mean uh-huh. this is to me it leaves a lot of questions about saquon barkley who's a really good friend about danny dimes who obviously there's a duke connection but i mean i love everything about devito i mean i love the fact that like a guy who's living at home as much as people may make fun of it like that is the life that we're watching and that last drive last night as much as we sit here and talk about you know the the whole scheme that we played uh from the incredible movie coming to america mm-hmm. um it just goes to show you, like, he has a will to win. And to me, I watch the way he leads, and I watch the way he throws the ball 20-plus yards down the field. Do you know, actually, he's thrown the ball 20 yards down the field better than Danny Dimes has throughout the course of this season? Like, to me, like, it brings up a bigger question about, as much as I like Daniel Jones, I question around his leadership and if he has the ability to take this team where it really needs to be. Well, look, Hembo, I opened it by saying they've, they're going, Tommy DeVito is going to play them out of a top three or four pick. You and I thought they might lose all the rest of their games and wind up in a position to draft one or two. Mm-hmm. That's not what's going to happen now. No, but by winning yesterday, they were, they were bumped from the fourth pick to the eighth pick. Okay. But my biggest takeaway from the last three games is that Brian Dayball is a ridiculously good coach. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look, the Tommy DeVito story is very cool. I mean, he, he, his parents and, and Lizzie and me, we go to the same bakery. Like, they live 10 minutes from me. I'm, like, five minutes from Tony Soprano's house. So, like, everyone that I see looks just like that. Do now you see them over there at the I, bakery? I've not seen the DeVitos, but the Calandras catered their uh, tailgate yesterday, and that's where I took Lizzie out to eat for our anniversary. Wait a second. It's all coming together. It, Continue. It's all, it's yes, all coming I'm together. I'm seeing it now. Wait a minute. You. Calandras was the place you took her for dinner at 1 o'clock? Yeah. It's okay. In the, the morning. Jay, hold on. No, 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 no. Jay Hembo for I believe this was for Valentine's Day, was it not? It was. Uh, decided to take his lovely wife Lizzie out for dinner. Okay. Because of his unusual hours, he decided this would be a one o'clock in the afternoon meal. Now, okay. We quarreled that you cannot call a meal at one o'clock in the afternoon dinner. There's nothing wrong with the Valentine's Day lunch, yes. but that indeed is what it was. Agreed. And that was the debate that we were having, whether or not this could be called dinner, which at the end of the day is really not a particularly important thing. And then we subsequently found out that Hembo paid for that dinner with a coupon that had been given to Lizzie, and oh. she had put it on the door of their refrigerator like she had gotten a gift certificate or something like that for a meal at this restaurant, and she had put it on their refrigerator. Hembo took that, took his wife to dinner, and paid with that, and then wanted to know why she seemed underwhelmed. That's unacceptable. Don't you think? Which part? I mean, all of it. You can't go out for dinner at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, was it her coupon to begin with? Uh, It was her coupon. It was given to her. It was given to her, I think, as a um, for, for the baby shower. 
Uh, it was well, a gift yeah, it was that a had gift. been given to her for carrying these two children around yeah. for nine months in, on the inside of her oh. body. That, for, as, as Hembo just stood there doing nothing, someone gives her a, a lovely a gift certificate to a dinner, mm-hmm. and Hembo, trying to be the big shot, takes her to this nice restaurant and then pays with that gift certificate. Well, first of all, Greeny, it, it lets you know that Hembo hasn't been married that long because he doesn't know the first rule of marriage. Which is? Which is hers is hers and yours is hers. Right, that's right. That's correct. Okay. That's so none of it is rule. yours to give. It's here's hers. The, here's the second rule. You want to hear another one? He, there are so many things he doesn't know. How about this? He said to her for their anniversary, what would you like me to get you as a gift? And she said, you don't have to get me a gift. Which means and she wants a gift. He took that to mean he didn't have to get her a oh gift. Goodness. If you want a gift, Jay, just say so. No, they, no, they never. They, well, they're saying so by telling you that they don't want one. No, that means correct. that they want one. So that's not in the unwritten rule book that I have access it to. It is oh. in the unwritten rule book. It's in the written rule book. It's in everything. It is in the Old Testament, the New Testament. There is no marriage book in which that is not one of the rules. I'll give you another one. Oh, there's a lot you of examples. You're not reading the nuances I have a, of the uh, defense here. He comes home one day and she has planted. Flowers. What kind of flowers did you tell me they were? Mums. She, she planted some mums okay. in, in their yard, like mm-hmm. in the front of the house. And she asked him, oh, how do you like the mums that I planted? And he said, they're a tad redundant. Oh, my goodness. We well, didn't need two sets. We just needed one set. You know, transparency is not one of the critical features to success in a marriage. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm overly transparent. Dramatically yes, overly, yes. overrated. Transparency, <laughs> super overrated. overrated. Less is more. Well, I mean, so you can have these thoughts that are accurate so, thoughts. Should I be translucent? Should I be opaque? What no. should I be? What you have to obtuse. recognize also. <laughs> obtuse, preferably. Everyone, and I said this to Jack, your, your, uh, your like, lapdog of an assistant that mm-hmm. runs around here every single day exactly. doing all of your work for you. That's the devil wears Protestant. Uh, Jack, has, Jack has become... His, um, I don't even know what to call it. He's, he's like your sidekick. Yeah. Uh, but one way or I'd another, so. here's what I said to him the other day, and I'll say it to you. Really smart people know their limitations. Mm. So you're a smart person, and you have some great strengths. But what you have to realize is that interpersonal communication is not one of them. So the less you say, the better off you are. You are a you are a. A socially inept person. Think more, say less. Yes. Did you ever see Hamilton? Yes. Okay. There you go. Talk less, smile more. more. That's basically what it does. Don't let them know what you're against or what you're for. But then you leave me off balance because now I have no idea which way you're coming. That's exactly And that's what I want? Yes. You want not to say the thing that she is going to remember forever. Remember I told you last week, Stace and I had a dispute over something, and I was wrong. We... We were arguing over something that had or had not happened, and I was positive I was right, and it turns out I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Jay, as I told Hembo, this will come up in my funeral. This will like be mentioned in the eulogy. She will get up there, talk about how much she will miss me, and say, and then there was that one time in 2023 when Michael said that we always get this from Jason and Mark when actually we get it from Richard. But I digress. This will never stop coming up, and the worst of it is we've been a week, and she hasn't brought it up yet. Oh, no. She's holding it. Yeah. She's holding For it. For the right Jay. time. That's never good. That's no. never good. It's the worst thing that can possibly Possibly happen. All right, Jay Williams with us here. Let's go. Hembo trivia, do it. Group trivia today. What I have in front of me is a list of the top five scorers. The top five scorers by total points by Duke players under Coach K. The five leading scorers under Coach K. The group is going to take a shot at its top five and see how many it gets right. All right, so the bottom line of it is we all get to play together, but we have to get all five to be correct. The top five leading scorers... Uh, in the Coach K era, the answer next on ESPN Radio. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Hashtag crew is here. Jay Will is here. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs. For protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, our favorite, it's group trivia today. Hembo, go. I have in front of me a list of Duke's top five leading scorers under Mike Krzyzewski. You guys are going to give me five names, and we're going to see how many of the five names on your list match mine. Okay, right. Greeny, can we just do we two right. out of the gate that are just well, accurate? So let's get, let, let, me, let me get Bubba in here, because yeah. Bubba is a crazy Duke fan, and obviously, Jay Will, you might be one of the <laughs> yes. answers. okay. Thank you. Thank you for including me. <laughs> so between the two of you. I hear Jay's a big Duke fan as yes, well. Yes, thank you, Bubba. Bubba has a dog named Hurley. Right. He's a bigger Duke fan. That's so, fair. So there you go. So so these are not the but, – but go – JJ Reddick JJ Reddick I agree yeah okay. let's get Reddick on the board we're yes. going to go with JJ Reddick that is correct okay, okay. he's number 1 one right. for 1 who who would be your next most confident Christian Leitner Bubba two. how do you feel about Christian Leitner I like Leitner. Leitner let's get him on the board we feel good about Leitner Leitner is correct okay good he is number 3 Three, oh, so we're missing two. Okay, okay. Now, now, now. I, I mean, I wrote down all the obvious. Granny, you have to listen to me on this one. I'm listening because I remember reading in a pamphlet a couple of years ago, and yeah. it shocked me. If you could have seen me literally say things that I can't say in this radio to myself, yeah. I swear I remember seeing Kyler Singler's name. Kyle Singler? Being, yes, being what one pamphlet? of the leaders. What pamphlet? <laughs> it was just things that you get at Duke all the time. And trust me, when somebody outscores me, I pay attention to it. Bubba, how do you feel about Kyle Singler? He was pretty good. He scored a lot. I, I could see it. He's not an Four years, but name. he's a four-year guy now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and he's at 2094 in three years. It's all about playing four years. Are you going to lock it in? All right, I think we go. should lock that let's in. Let's just lock it in. Let's, just, let's go, go with it. Let's lock it in. That's correct. Good okay. job, Jay. Kyle Singler is, he, is, he is two? fourth. He's fourth. Oh, okay. he's two. Yeah. Okay. 
We're missing two. So here are the names. Johnny Dawkins, uh, Grant Hill, Chris Collins, John Shire, Danny Ferry. And Jay Will. Oh, and Jay Will. Did you just omit me? I'm right in front of you. You didn't even look at me. I'm, stand, I'm right here in no, front no, of you. But I'm putting, I just put the names of guys who played four years. So, I think so, Jay's but what they did the in four, I could have done in three. Maybe you I don't did. think Jay's Do you think it's you? Are you in the pantry? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Well, We're I, debating. I don't have a pantry. So what's <laughs> missing two is, is Johnny, who's, is it Johnny Dawkins, Danny Ferry? Who, who would be two? I, I, I think... think Johnny, I think Johnny Dawkins. I think Johnny two, would be right? two. All right, we're should we lock in Johnny we're for two? Johnny Dawkins. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is he two? He's two. All He's right. Two. Oh, this is it's big. Jay. It's I Jay. Think, I think is gotta, it, so, so I had two thousand ninety-four. Wait. So we have one, two, three, and four. Yes. And so now we're so just wait, missing five. Kyle Singler wait, wait, was four. Yes. Kyle Singler was four. Oh so I remember. Gosh. I remember two thousand three hundred in change. I don't know what it was, but so I had two thousand ninety-four. I had two thousand ninety-four. So it's either Jay Will, Danny Ferry, John Shire, Grant Hill. Oy. Let's shave this list down to two names. Let's get I think this it's list between him names. and Ferry would be my guess. But you have But you have many names now. Bubba, who do you feel best about? I think it's between him and uh, Ferry. I think we got to go. J- I think it's got to be Jay. I, I think. You think I'm it's only you? like 200 points Jay was <laughs> Jay was dominant. He, Jay was a dominant yeah. player. But, but, but Ferry had an additional year he is did. the point. And he True. was the second and, pick and he, in the draft. National you player were of the, year, the second yes. pick in the draft. Oh, this is tough. What this do you think, Cam? Tough. What do you think, Cam? I, I've been saying Jay all along. I think it's Jay. We got Jay on set. Okay. Let's ride with We can't go with wrong Jay. with that. We're Even if we go, lose, we're riding with our guys. We're going to go with Jay Williams. Come on, Jay. The correct answer is Danny Ferry. No! Where's the pamphlet when you need one? <laughs> how many? It had to be by bear, like is 100 J6? more or 200 more. JS7, actually, uh. between Ferry and you is Mark Allery. Mark Allery. Which you guys weren't going to get. He was on the first team. He was, he, Mark Allery was on the team with Jay Billis and yes. Johnny Dawkins. Oh. And yeah. that, was, that was pre-pamphlet. Um, pre-pamphlet. <laughs> Ferry, 2155. Jay Will, you scored 2,079 79. points. 79. So less than like 80 or so. And where was Grant Hill in all this? He played four years. Yeah, yeah but he wasn't like a Grand Hill score. is 13th wow. on this list. Yeah. That's very frustrating. Okay. I mean, we had a question oh about Duke basketball and didn't get it right, right with Jay Will and Bubba in the conversation. Yeah, That's got four out of five. It's a lot good. of pressure. All right. What is this? Update the standings, please, if you will, Cam. All right. I am 16 and 28. Bubba's 14 and 30. Greeny's 10 and 34. Brandon's 5 and 16. And now Mark Cuban, Dominique Foxworth, and Jay Will are 0 and 1. All right, that hurts. You guys would have gotten that right. Resume, yeah. You guys would have gotten that right if Jay Will was not here. That's, That's very true. Yeah, I feel like you got peer pressured into picking me. I, I, but he I, got the he somehow got the Jay Williams. Also. We had to here? ride with our guy. <laughs> yeah, hurt you in that question. I feel, I feel like it would, no, the, you're right because if he had been right, it would have been worse that we didn't guess him. You know That's what I mean? true. But, right, look, but this look, also look. goes back to your first, you know, when you were locked in, when you go into your myopic locked in phase, because yeah. you didn't say my name, which is actually correct. I know. But I, I actually think I would have said John Shire, and that obviously would <laughs> And not Kyle Singler. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I would never have said Kyle Singler. Let, let's, let's talk about another Duke kid. There's oh. been a lot of talk about Zion Williamson recently. Mm-hmm. Zion and the Pelicans got a lot of exposure last week because they made it to the semifinals of the uh, NBA's in-season tournament, um, which just got infinitely more attention than a regular season game normally would. And there has been a lot of talk from Charles Barkley, from Shaquille O'Neal, and Stephen A. Smith. So we're talking about 
the three most significant voices in the basketball world have all been very tough on Zion and his conditioning, the shape that he is in or isn't in. And Jay Will, as a Duke guy, as someone mm. who's been around it and someone who knows him, what is your perspective on what is going on with him right now? It's not his physical conditioning I'm worried about. It's his mental conditioning. And I'm going to say something that nobody else has really said. Maybe only one or two people have talked about it. I, I think there is a lifestyle issue here. So what other reason, Greeny, would a player who's 15 years younger than LeBron James have yeah. for really not exerting effort in Vegas against LeBron James in a critical semifinals matchup to get to a championship game? I'm asking you. What do you think? Are you suggesting the Vegas of it all, like the nightlife piece yes, of that? Yes, I'm suggesting Like, I, there is stuff that's happened this summer that is very well documented. I think this is a major issue. I, I think it is being out and about. And I, I think that's a problem that a lot of young teams go through. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you, Greeny, as a, as a former Chicago Bull, we had, we had destinations on our schedule where we knew, regardless of whether we came off a win or a loss, that we are going to have a very fun night. And 95% of the times, those fun nights translated into the effort of our games the next day. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing a theme around that with Zion and this Pelicans team, frankly. So it's not – Zion can get himself into shape, but I think there have been questions around the off-the-court things. And what happens when you go out and party, Greeny? What do you end up eating a ton of that maybe you shouldn't eat a ton of? Right. It goes – into that cycle of where I see Zion having a major issue. You know, I do. He's, he's so talented. He's able to do things at his size that, I mean, the sport has never seen, literally never seen. And he got his second contract anyway. So you can't, you can't, you can't threaten him with not getting his money because he got all the money anyway. So it really is about now wanting it, right? He needs to want it that badly himself. And you can't trade him because who's going to want a player who's overweight, who this has been a consistent theme and issue. Yeah. You know, the difference between great players and good players are the devils in the details, how you approach the game every single day. That is one of the first things I heard about NBA players. A lot of talented guys. I can give you, there was a guy, Eddie Robinson, who made $40 million. One of the most talented guys I've ever seen. I remember him. But couldn't practice that way every single day to get to that next gear. Unfortunately, Zion's in that bucket. Hold right that now. thought, because we'll come back with this. Jacob, stick around a little bit if you can. I want to, I, I want to, I remember a story Charles told me once about Moses Malone and the impact he had on him. It, it is worth getting into. We'll do much more. Stick around. Busy morning today. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.